for club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it all right everybody welcome this is the reality czar's podcast and we're your hosts nate and tony hello and we have an awesome guest on i've been a fan of this guy's for a while his name is Dave, and he is from the Generation Z podcast. Uh, this guy is super fucking awesome, really knowledgeable, knows his shit, and I'm excited to have him on. Uh, Dave, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Well, first off, thank you guys so very much for having me on. You can find me at uh, Instagram, Generation Z Podcast, no space, no capitals. You can find me on Twitter at Podcast Z, Z-E-D, or you can find you can reach out to me, GenZPodcast at gmail.com. But of course, uh, you can find me at uh, twitch.com slash trust, but verify, but verify is spelled V-E-R-I-F-E-Y-E, and on youtube.com slash Generation Z Podcast, and also on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcast under Generation Z podcast. So thank you guys so much for having me. Hell yeah, man. We're excited to have you. Sorry, one 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 more thing. Sorry, uh patreon.com slash generation Z. I apologize. It's for it's where um most of the real hardcore content is to tell you the truth. It's also uh the way that the show uh, stays supported because I don't put ads on my uh my videos or anything like that. I don't believe in putting anything out there that uh I wouldn't want to watch myself. So sorry about that. No worries man. Yeah definitely that's where all the that's where the real action is. So if you want to, mm. if you, uh, for all the listeners, if you guys get excited for what you hear today, then you definitely want to check out his Patreon and join his little community. So. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right. So aliens, <laughs> is that really what all this comes down to? Is that what's crazy in the world today? You know, I, I, okay. Well, first, let me say that I will fully admit that I have, I guess you could call selective confirmation bias. I, you know, I've gone into the topic. I want it to be true. I want it to be there. Um, I've, I've sort of done my best to hone my coping skills and mechanisms with respects to taking a neutral stance. Um, simply because again, that's the, my, the point of my show ultimately is that I I don't want to tell people how to think or what to think. It's a matter of taking a look at all of the different pieces of evidence and putting together what I call data points. So the difference between evidence and proof is evidence is, you know, we got it right in front of us. Uh, Sorry, there are multiple, uh, excuse me, probable causes to suggest a particular outcome. Proof is we have it right in front of us. Now, the reason I say that is because the evidence seems to suggest that I, people say all the time, you know, hey, where should I start? Where where should I delve into the alien topic? It's so diverse. And I, I say the term beautifully complex. And in the sense that, yes, it's complex, but there is you can start almost anywhere essentially some people start on the more esoteric side other people start on the more nuts and bolts side and when i say nuts and bolts i mean more like again someone saw a ufo a guy's friend he saw a craft you know something like this is it human is it military is it ets i would dare to say um again this is simply my opinion i don't mean to push this or force this onto anybody but i would say that there's been a vast extraterrestrial incursion uh, for thousands of years within our society regardless of the society and there's been a major i don't want to say cover-up but at the same time normalization is what i'd use to make us not really notice some of the things that are right under our noses but short form i would say yes a lot of it is aliens in my opinion okay uh how i guess i wanted to start uh this was like have you ever had any supernatural encounters yourself aliens demons ghosts fairies any type of thing that like, how did this start for you? What was the spark? 
Well, f- the answer. So yes, uh, interestingly enough, uh, this the spark. Well, I'll tell you. I st- first and foremost, I started the show because uh, when COVID hit the, the 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 pandemic very early on, I was fortunate enough that I was able to have some time off work because, as you guys, I'm sure you know, the first two three months, everyone's freaking out, everyone's staying home, no one knows what's going on. So first and foremost, I was fortunate enough to have the time to say, you know what, I'm off work, I can start this. The reason I started it is because I found no particular podcast per se or show if you will that was able to encompass everything and put it all together collectively that in a way that does not push and insist onto the people in the sense that it's like i have the answer i have the truth you must listen to me it's this i i I don't want that there's too much of that out there so when i what i decided or realized to do was let's work together collectively Let's make a community. I'll start by presenting the episodes, the content. And what I love is people comment and they th- say, Dave, what do you think about this? Or I love being called out. Dave, you're wrong. You're this or that. That's why I started it because I felt there was too much ego going on. Now, at the same There's time, a lot of, ego, a lot sure. of e- particularly yeah. within the UFO community, if I'm being honest. Um, and, and at the same time, uh, and even the paranormal community, but I had initially started the show not doing it for aliens, paranormal or anything of that sort. It was just, I'm going to start a podcast and I was talking into a mic and no camera or anything. I was covering school education. I basically tried to be like a Joe Rogan without a guest essentially. And then about a month in, uh, I did one episode on project Bluebeam. no uh, video, no nothing, just audio out of nowhere with zero advertising. What nothing got like three, four or 5,000 views. I'm like, okay, there must be an interest here. So then I did another one on aliens and it got like 1500 views. And then slowly but surely now that was just pure, I guess, luck of the algorithm. I didn't reach that again until like six, seven months ago. But, um, but yeah, that's basically how and why essentially started. Now in terms of my experiences, they happened after I started the show, believe it or not, which is interesting. interesting. Um, yeah. So I've had UFOs outside of my apartment back in Toronto, which is where I was raised and grew up and stuff. Uh, Oh, honestly, about two times a week uh, for the, and I have footage. I filmed it all, uh, whether it's um, circular craft, triangle craft, um, not so much cigar, but shape shifting craft. I, I have all the footage on my phone. It's all there. I've messed with some of them with a laser. It's like they wanted to be noticed and I would point yeah. the laser at them and they, it would rotate. And a lot of times you could see on the the, um, the footage, it just zigzags. So clearly it's not um, the way it moves. It's not a star. It's not a plane. Yeah or anything like that. That's UFO experiences. In terms of one-on-one encounters, I used to be hesitant when saying this, but I, I honestly, I don't care anymore if people think I'm crazy. I, one time I was at a bookstore, uh, Chapters Indigo. I'm not sure if you guys have that in, in the US. Um, and it was a bookstore. There was a Starbucks inside this bookstore and everything. And I was in the spiritual section. I saw somebody who, honestly, you'd probably say looks like um, the... Italian model Fabio Lanzoni, um, essentially very similar to that sort of Nordic um, looking uh, species, the, the species that looks a lot like us or we look like them. It's hard to say. So I'm there in the book section and, and I, I see that he's standing to the left of me and he's got this long sort of blonde hair, whatever. And I look at him and I don't I don't know what it is. I'm not sure if you guys have ever been through this. You ever have a sort of strange feeling in your instinct, your gut, just something seems off with some people in your environment. So I look at him again and then he looks back at me and he has like this blue book in his hand. And then I look at him one last time. He then shifts his head like this and the entire, if you guys could see my eyes, like see how the eyeball's white, the entire eyeball from the center, it went filled black. Now, like entirely black. And the feeling I got 
interestingly enough, I would dare to say was telepathic, but it wasn't verbal. I got the feeling of leave me alone. Just he, it, this individual was sort of instilling authority in a certain way. And I, that, that was it. I simply walked away looking wow. back, looking back. It was like time stopped completely. Um, interestingly enough, my father, when he was much younger, had a very similar experience, believe it or not, with, uh, with, with two of the same type looking, I guess, beings, we'll call them. I don't want to say aliens because I don't know if it, it has a fact, but again, people could believe me. They don't have to believe me, but I, I, I know what I, I saw to, in, to myself and yeah. So that's fascinating, man. I, I really wonder what would have happened if you had like tried to pursue that, if you had tried to like have a conversation with him. I looking yeah. back, I was, if, if you could put me back in that position with the mindset I have now, I'd be a lot less fearful. I'd say, yeah. I, I'd say, excuse me. Like, I, and I wouldn't even say it because I could, it's hard to explain. I could feel that they could hear me in my head. It, it's a strange yeah. feeling, but you can feel that they feel you. And I would have just said, Hey, like, can I chat with you for a minute? Like, I don't know. Yeah, man, that's mm. so fascinating. That's crazy. I, I, I yeah. you really have to be put in that situation to know because, like, I'm thinking what I would do right now. But if I really encountered the guys who, you know, his eyes turned black on me, I, you know, you have to be in that situation to well, know exactly think, what well, you do. Well, think about it like this. Let's put it in context. What if not that I am or can, but what if yeah. I was able to do that right now? You guys would probably be like a long pause. You know what I mean? And I don't blame yeah. you because that's the pause that I took like, Holy crap. You know what I mean? So I might have some more questions for you more than I have written down. Already. Yeah, like, do, you, <laughs> do you feel, do you, do you feel like at the time that there was like, kind of like giving them, they were giving you information or was it like, were they putting you into a state of um, fear or apprehension? Directly? No, no, I didn't feel that. Uh -huh. What I felt was just basically, honestly, a polite way of saying, leave me alone. Um, it was essentially like standing its ground saying, I don't want to be bothered. And it seemed like it knew that I knew about it not being human or feeling it. And it picked up on that. And right away yeah. that so... so I come through this and I'll be honest, I come through all this with a Christian lens. I'm a Christian. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Tony's more just a spiritual dude. Uh, so like to me, I, I, but I'm also very open to all of this. So it's like, to me, what that very feels like is, is very much like a demon possession, but really what is the difference between that and an alien being inside this guy's body or using his body as a, you know, is there yeah. a difference? You know, there, allegedly there is. Yes. And this is when it gets complicated because yeah. it, from my understanding, it's not so much the, I mean, some of it is the technology that they have, whether you want to call it the, you know, black goo or very advanced technology that could, you know, they could walk through walls like butter, like nothing. And that's even, that's old stuff for wow. them. But, uh, Honestly, it's more so, in my humble opinion, the different factions of extraterrestrials at the top that are using this tech. I think that the tech is not so much the issue as much as, as it is about the intention. And again, interestingly enough, I just put out on my Instagram just a couple hours ago a post of um, what allegedly some of these, again, I know it might sound silly to many, but just bear with me, uh, these reptilian shape-shifting human-looking entities use to surveil us. And they allegedly do it just like that, just like as you said, Nathan, they'll uh, use certain people as surveillance cameras, if you want to call them that. And then huh. those people will never even realize they'll never know. Um, in this case, That's I don't know. That's fascinating. They my... can like jump into people sort of like the Matrix, sort of like uh, and, the, yes. the agents. Some, some, correct. And some uh, fact, I call, okay, I call them factions because I don't want to put all the gray aliens, all the small grays, all the tall grays into one bucket of they're all bad or they're all good either, to be fair. Yeah. I, 
I look at the intent, the <laughs> ideological intentions of these different factions. So when I look at that, I say to myself, okay, in my particular situation with that person at the bookstore, I don't know that what I felt looking back was that this person what had a had a soul was not AI of any kind was not being used as a surveillance tool. I felt it's hard to explain. I sort of sensed purity from this individual in the sense that they were naturally biological. They weren't being used as something. Um, okay. But but it yeah. could I could be wrong. It could very well have yeah. been the case. Um, but I I will tell you those surveillance tools from my understanding tend to fall in line with the the, the Christian ideology of that concept of it not being good. And that's just what the research has shown on my end. You know, and what I also find, well, okay. So like, there's so many different, uh, or what people say, there's so many different type of aliens or whatever it is like, uh, and like we had a biblical scholar on a while ago and he was like, he was describing to us like, uh, Tony, do you remember what those were? Uh, some type of angel he was describing to us one has like you know they have like four different faces and four different points like these guys are cherubs i think which that might have been a cherub that he was describing to us but it's like so if someone from you know in that time was trying to describe an angel to you Mm -hmm. that could very much sound like a different type of alien you know what i mean there's there (laughs) yeah i will say first and foremost and i don't mean to be an not that i am an expert on on the bible or the quran or anything like this or you know hindu scriptures or what have you but interestingly enough uh in the timing of thirteen thousand years ago from today thirteen thousand years back whether it's indian scriptures uh hindu scriptures uh you know the quran the bible they all speak of one big flood one great uh, you know massive reason Said, if you want to call it that now yeah. if we go right now if we go back even farther i mean if we're talking specifically the bible first off we have to keep in mind that the most popularized version at least within the west and europe i believe is the king james version there's a lot that's been edited censored um, purposefully uh, obfuscated um mm-hmm. there's one quote for example i forgot the exact verse but it's it's a popular one where it you know how it goes uh, we wrestle not with flesh and blood but with principalities and uh, something yeah. of the line I do not mean to insist or say that I'm correct, but from what I was, uh, what I, I've researched is that biblical scholars, independent ones, have claimed that that is an incorrect citation, whereas it, really? or an incorrect quote, rather. Again, this is not. I'm not saying yeah. it's factual. Just my my research. The actual translation is: we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with uh, principalities and the dark forces in space. Um, I can get the exact. Yeah, I, don't quote me. Yeah, I believe it was the heavens, but again, you know, heavens being yeah. space. So, for example, even in the book of Enoch, when uh, Enoch says that he's riding with the in the chariot of the gods among the heavens, I take that as he's in a he's in a ship, he's in space. That that you yeah. know what I mean. So uh, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of evidence of that. There's a lot of that. I mean, you know, the the book of Enoch is not considered uh, canonical or canon or original to the Bible. Why? Why? Because the Vatican says so. What, yeah, you yeah. know, like, and I don't mean any disrespect to the to anyone who's very avidly Christian or or you know or any or any type of religion, but I I just try to look at it neutrally, right? So I have so many questions, man, because like part of me doesn't even think that we can get outside of the atmosphere. Like I feel like we can't even get the space, and we never have. And so, but so like I go back and forth whether or not I'm like, do our aliens physical creatures that are coming from like another planet outside of this system or are they all kind of ultra terrestrials are they all like here now but in a different realm like a different dimension that sort of thing or i mean there's even people that are like there's we're in a hollow earth there's people in there's like beings inside the earth like do you do you think all of the above or 
Are you kind of like, I, th- I do married to one theory I, more I, than the other. I think all of the above. And I say that not because, you know, some people have said to me, Dave, that's a cop out answer or something like this. I, I, I try my best to lay out the evidence for all of it individually, then collectively bring it together. So the answer is, have we gone to space? In my humble opinion, I believe so. Now, do I believe there is some type of dome that's been put up that's been that's prevented certain people from going? One trillion percent, in my humble opinion. Do I believe there is a hollow earth? I am of the current, I don't, here's the thing. I don't want, I don't mean to be a smart ass. I don't like to use the word uh, belief. However, I like to use the word or the term ideological subscription. And I say that because my mind could be changed. You know, I'm not dead set on any particular thing, if you will. Um, however, at the moment I do uh, just simply because of the evidence, the, uh, w- um, the people I've spoken to uh, who are still alive, the, the ones that have passed away on their deathbeds and things they've said, I believe they're interdimensional. I believe uh, there, there are ones from other planets. I believe there are hybrids. I believe there are ones that have been here uh, underneath us uh, for a long time. And essentially, yes, I believe there are. I don't know how many, but I, I believe there's more than one reality, too. So some are coming and going as well. Uh, intradimensional or interdimensional, crypto, yeah, ter- yeah. Uh, crypto terrestrial, ultra terrestrial, extraterrestrial, paranormal. I believe that to be the case. Now, in fairness, like when we say the words paranormal and demonic, if we want to really be fancy about it, just like the term UFO, we have to ask ourselves, what do those words mean, right? Because UFO is just unidentified flying objects. So if my USB stick, for example, just somehow stopped midair a little bit above my house here, that's technically an unidentified flying, you know what I'm saying? So we have to be careful with the terms. But yes, I, essentially, I believe all the above. Fascinating, man. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> so I have a million questions for you. I, and it's funny, too, because... Uh, do, okay, so you said that you those experiences that you had only started after you started the podcast. Do you think that they were? Do you feel like they were like he's on to us? He's talking about us? Where do you think that was a show of like were they stopping by to say hello? Or where they were like, watch your ass. Or like- there, um, there was one instance back in Toronto. I went for one of my, I go for usually walks every day. And, and one evening I went for my walk and there was one, I'm almost certainly convinced it was putting on a show for me. It was following yeah. me wherever I went on my walk. Sometimes I do like a uh, light jogs in my walk. So I move fairly quickly and I look back and it's there. I filmed it. I said, I sent it to my father. I go, Hey dad, like, look at this. Um, I, there's been some there's other cases where the ones when they've been outside my apartment in Toronto and I look out, I, I don't know because I don't want to make it seem like I'm somebody special. I don't really believe I am uh, at the same time, because, again, being in the city of Toronto, they could, those craft could have been there for a multitude of reasons, maybe to show itself to multiple people. Um, the the incident at the bookstore, I don't know if that's a fluke or not. I don't know. I, I, I doubt it. Just coincidence. It yeah. could have been, man. It, it could have been. It could be that my, again, the if, if we look at it from an esoteric perspective, not to go down a rabbit hole, apparently the, the way it works with frequencies and all that, we have a bio resonance or biofrequential resonance. We emit frequencies naturally. When you become more aware, I don't want to use the term enlightened or awakened because that means something different to everybody. But when you become more aware of, oh, crap this could be this, or, you know, this could be that, or, you know, it might sound silly, but that cloud up there that it, it's, it's something's going on. I thought I just saw a flash in the cloud. When you start thinking those thoughts more and more and you, as you go about your day, it's possible that these beings may pick that up. So again, if that's a, a case in point at the bookstore, so if that's a fluke or not hard for me to say, but that's fascinating, man. I, I don't think I, maybe I've talked about this on the podcast. I maybe have once and have to go back and listen to it. But, um, 
I think that was this last summer. Uh, me and the wife were on our uh, anniversary. And we were out camping in the wilderness, like Very deep, nice. deep in the wilderness. Like uh, that's the way we like to do it, dude. We like to Beautiful. be out in the middle of nowhere. You got to yep. dig a hole to poop. Yeah. Kind of, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, build a fire to eat. It's beautiful. And uh, we were out in Mitchell. Mitchell is this little tiny town in the middle of Oregon, and it's desert. And mm. we were out camping, and there was there's probably not another human for miles and miles. There was like 20 miles between us and the nearest like anyone. Wow. Okay. And we're out there camping, and we're out there having a campfire, and on the mountain. Uh, there are some trees and we see a light and it looks like somebody just has the brightest flashlight and they're on the mountain, like, and it's pointed at us. And so for a minute, we just like, we thought it was weird, but we just thought maybe like it might even be like uh, like a ranger or something sure. pointing, pointing a light at us. And then this light just keeps going up and up and up. And we realize that this light is like up in the sky now and is like nowhere off the, you know, it's and holy. And it just, it comes near us and we, I don't know how to explain it besides like, I felt it had an intelligence. I felt like it was kind of communicating with us in a weird way. And um, I don't know if it was like malevolent or not, uh, but we had like an odd feeling about it. It freaked us out enough where we were about to get in the car and go. But we were like, I don't know where the fuck to go right. because like there's yeah. one road and we're like, if it wants to get us, it'll get it'll us. Get like, you. I don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's nowhere, there's no one for, you know, miles and miles. So like, what the hell are we going to do? And uh, yeah, it was just this bright, crazy light. And we filmed it. I can, I'll try to send you the footage. Uh, Please, and, yeah. and it was just making these weird, like vibrating. And then it was like moving and it was, it was just the craziest fucking thing I'd ever seen. And it just stayed there and it would get closer to us. And then we'd kind of like talk about it and then it'd move away. And then it was, it was just, kinda, and the, the weirdest thing about it, it was like, so it almost, maybe it could have been some sort of drone, maybe, I guess, I don't know, mm-hmm. but like it, I mean, zero sound. If you, if, I, I will say uh, brother, if you felt like there was some type of intelligence that was aware of you and it knew that you knew of it. It's interesting. Yeah. It's so interesting you said that because time and time again, especially in the last three to, f- to 10 years, I would say people who've experienced this, th- these interactions, uh, whether regardless of the alleged species that's that's occupying and, you know, um, operating the craft, they feel that, too. I mean, if you look, for example, at Jacques Vallée, you know, if one of the founders of, of artificial intelligence, you know, so many different uh, scientists, physicists, this whole thing, um, he's on the ball with respects to the uh, the UFO topic, in my opinion. Um, he'll say it, too. He'll say there's there's certain things he can say because he's been ac- been given access to a lot of things uh, with his security clearances and all that. But he'll say people who've had experiences just like the one you said, uh, Nathan, brother, they they are changed. And uh, yeah, in the sense of not in a bad way, but they could feel some type of intelligence emitting from the craft in a form of communication they just couldn't explain well for the audience um i was the biggest skeptic and did not really i was like yeah whatever until that happened and this was before we even started the podcast tony uh and uh yes i don't know this was a few months ago i guess and uh (laughs) oh is that recent yeah yeah okay yeah so I, that, yeah, I mean, that I think really opened my eyes a little bit and definitely opened my eyes more into the paranormal. 
Yeah, and I'll say this from my alien story was I was at Squatch Fest um, with Nathan. Um, I think you left by then. A little festival up in northern um, Oregon. And I saw this green cigar-shaped object trail across the sky. I didn't feel anything emitted from it, but it's just really jarring to see something in the sky that you've never seen in the sky before. There's a le- that's allegedly a, um, a long distance craft. The cigar ones, they're for long distance travel. Um, okay. But I fully, I absolutely believe you. Absolutely. Yeah. And you said, sorry, green? Yeah, it was green. Yeah. It looked like little segmented lights. Yes. It looked like, and I can't tell whether there's a lot of different aircraft together or just one long one with different kind of lights in it. I, <laughs> it could be both. It could be both. There's been ones that have come together to form a cigar. There have been ones that are strictly cigars. There have been cigars that are short and extend as they move up into the higher um, uh, asp- uh, parts of the atmosphere. They expand. Yeah. And and uh, you guys want to, uh, I guess you could say, um, quantum physics warrants us to actually think about this as reality. Think about a car. Think about your car from the outside you're about to walk into it what uh what kind of you guys have a car truck bus whatever and think about from the outside you walk inside the car and it's five thousand square feet how is that possible that is what is called a pocket dimension um quantum physics warrants us to to be able to when i say us i mean you know to the scientists and all that to think that now that's a whole different thing i think this is old news old tech i think it's slowly being drop fed to the public even to scientists that are not in the know that's a whole different subject so to speak but yes um basically when you see these craft extending shortening and then some some people have claimed they've been abducted where they say we've whether a positive abductive abduction experience or a negative one they a lot of them a lot of times they'll say the craft on the outside was real small but when we got on in on the inside it was at least two thousand square feet from our you know roughly that's funny man i i think about like tv shows how they can be like rough or like soft disclosure yes I, I'm, I'm thinking about like the tardis you know inside yep. of, and like doctor who exactly yeah bigger on the inside I think, I mean, if I could say very quickly uh, before we go on, in terms of predictive programming and all that, I mean, my, my partner Camden, he says, you know, um, Hollywood doesn't lie. That's one of his favorite lines. And ultimately, again, it gets quite complex in my opinion, but I think a lot of it has to do with directing or redirecting mass consciousness, whether we realize it consciously or subconsciously, whether it's in a movie, whether it's a world event, like what happened with Travis Scott, that whole thing there, whether it's 9-11, I think it's to redirect a large percentage of the world's esoteric and in, uh, intent and we can prove this not not substantial we can prove this because all you got to do is take a basic emf device and place it towards people that are praying R- whether it's praying uh to, to to god and christian whether it's to allah you name it there's some again going back to that bio resonance of frequencies we emit we're sort of like a radio take that emf put it towards anybody or any group if you will that is praying with intent a scientist did this in the 80s right outside the vatican you know when people go and they see the pope and all that stuff and it's spiked like you wouldn't believe and again that's just one instance of so many others but yeah i've got some catholic listeners and but I'm just saying that energy would scare me. Well, <laughs> I, will, I, I, off the I will tell you, this is absolutely <laughs> no, no, <laughs> this is no disrespect to any religion belief. I think that it can actually be encompassed overall in general. I think there's, there's no, I don't think there's, um, we don't have to say, oh, you know, your Christianity, you know, aliens exist. So, you know, Catholicism, no more. No, no, no. I think honestly, and I'm not trying to say that just to cater to everybody. Cause the question becomes like in the, in the first Prometheus film of uh, seven, six or seven years ago, 
they had, I don't know if you guys have seen it, when the main characters had found the evidence that these aliens had created them, the, the main character, the, the female, the lead, she, go, she has her cross on and her husband says, you can take that off now. He, she, she goes, why? He goes, because we found our makers. She goes, yeah, but who made them? So honestly, I, I have yeah. to say to my friends that are Muslim, Catholic, I look, it's, it's just like when Pope John Paul's exorcist said about 20, 25 years ago on Italian news, he said, he goes, if there's a, he goes, there are aliens living among us. Pope John Paul II's top right hand exorcist guy. He goes, they're living among us. And then the interviewer goes, do you think that we should completely, you know, lose faith in our religion? He goes, absolutely not. He goes, why can't we incorporate this? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think, yeah, for me. Any of these questions, any of these beings, like none of it makes me question my faith. Right. In fact, sometimes it makes my faith stronger because yes. it, yeah. 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 Go back to the EMF thing for a minute. I just feel like that's like whatever religion, whatever kind of gets you off in that way. Like it doesn't matter what the actual thing is. I mean, if it's just a giant rock, I mean, that's going to do it. I feel like it's just like you're generating that energy yourself. You are. I couldn't agree more with you, Anthony. I mean, for for example, we uh, for if we take um, to be fair, Russian former Russian generals have been much more transparent about the UFO topic in general and alien topic than a lot of than the U.S. has or you know the West or you name it. But um, for example, you have a four star general. He is, uh, I also believe, a doctor, astrophysicist, uh, former ambassador. You name it. His name is Leonid Ivashov. He wrote a book that would not be allowed to be published outside of any Russian publication because his book stated that essentially Hitler escaped, Hitler survived, and a lot of these world wars going on right now are in uh, not only to to help the the contractors and the military industrial complex um, sort of rogue elements of you know profiteering greed make money, but on a much higher level, it's to look for esoteric materials or elements. Um, and and yeah, I mean, for example, like you said about EMFs. There was one other Russian general, um, please forgive me, I forgot his name, but he, he said, he goes, we made contact with an with a, um, ET civilization about 75 to 80 light years away. Just This was just one of many back in the 80s. And he goes, I'll tell you how we did it. He goes, we fine-tuned the energy contour part of the brain. He said how he couldn't say because he would get in trouble. The Russian government wouldn't allow him to put it in his book because he said no technology was used. No chemicals, no medicine, no nothing, no fancy bed to lie on. They just sat there and they communicated. Some people were better at it than others, but essentially the human brain is like a radio. It's like tuning the frequency on a ham radio, finding that right tune. And once you get it, they, 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 you can communicate. So kind of like what you're saying. And I, what I find fascinating is like the use of psychedelics. Like, right. um, like I love mushrooms, man. I definitely have done my weight in mushrooms. I did them last uh, night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I almost see that sometimes is like, or like people that are using DMT or anything like that, or ayahuasca, I see that as like the lazy way to connect with the spirits. Like, because I, it's like a lot of the shamans and things like that. And lots of uh, like gurus and different things. And like, I th like they have spent like hours and and like days and weeks and mm -hmm. years mm -hmm. like finding and unlocking those pathways yep. like without drugs yeah <laughs> you know and just and it is it is fascinating and it, it's so it's sort of a cheater way like i love psychedelics i'm not telling I, honestly brother to, but it's <laughs> sorry if i could just say psilocybin yeah. ayahuasca dmt shrooms um i personally i don't see it as a, a cheating type thing i see it more as a a, a key to a, a a closed door excuse me 
Yeah. 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 I can see that too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about it. But yeah. That's a good way <laughs> to put it in it. I mean, it's interesting because you have, for example, a lot of ancient cultures uh, and, and societies, regardless of the time period, if you look all around the world, and Graham Hancock, in my humble opinion, does a great job of cat uh, cataloging this, those little handbags that every single person is seen in those pictures, regardless, India, Brazil, Egypt, you name it, and they all got these handbags. Some people say it was very advanced technology. Graham Hancock had mentioned on Joe Rogan, I think about three years back at this point in time, he goes... Uh, no, two years ago, he said he believed that they those bags had psychedelics. Um, he believed that up until thirteen thousand years ago, before this alleged you know reset, whether it's Noah's Ark or the the Indian scriptures, Hindu scriptures, claiming that there was one big massive flood and reset. He um he believed that cultures had a much deeper understanding of spirituality, other dimensions, other realities, and that psychedelics were one of many ways that they accessed it. Um, you know, speaking to what they say, the machine elves or the um, other beings, mm -hmm. if you want to call it that. So the question then becomes, are you speaking to a, a projection of your subconscious or are you speaking to actually something else that is there that has just awakened something within your, they say, the pineal gland that has been suppressed through things like food and frequencies and, you know, things like this that normally we have throughout our day? So I'm I love sure. it. Man. Yeah, I am sure that we're suppressing a lot just through modern life, technology. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Light pollution. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And well, and I think about it, too, is like when you when you die or like through, uh, you know, when, when you think you're going to die, your body just drops mega doses of DMT into your body. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think that is you going to heaven. Right. That's a great, you know, that's, that's, that's a great thing. The spirit world. I mean, if you want to yeah. take it one step further, there's even a proposal, a very strong one to, uh, out there. That is that um, not, I don't say th uh, conspiracy theory because I say proposal when there's evidence to substantiate this, whether it's documents or actual intelligence into the military, whatever that um, when you die and they say, you see that white, that bright white light, they say to walk into it. Apparently you're not supposed to, I'm not saying this is fact, but apparently it is I've heard that. a soul trap. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it gets real complex and I'd be more than happy to, to come back on if you ever want to do like a, a series on it or whatever. Uh, but Absolutely. If, if you guys yeah, ever want, I'd be more than happy to come on and, and, yeah. and keep returning to, to, cause there's just so much. I mean, it, it depends what you guys want to cover, right? Brother, I've asked like two questions on my list. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely going to have to have 100%, man. 100%. <laughs> yep. Anytime this week or next week, I can do. Well, in case I happen to have an experience where, like, I see the white light before I see you again, like, what's the theory on it being a soul trap? <laughs> what's um, your best, yeah, what's your best advice right like, now? Like, how for... would anyone know? <laughs> so, it, okay. Uh, sorry, my best, did you say advice or evidence? Well, like, like, how, like, how do you know something like that? I just feel like, well, if if it trapped your soul, then there's no way that you could communicate that information. And if it did right. trap you, like, you know. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. So it depends on where we want to start. So first and foremost, it depends. If we're going to look back in time, we'd have to look at the literature of every single one. The, not the King James Bible, but the, um, excuse me, the, 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 Book of Enoch, the unaltered versions, if you will. I say unaltered to the extent in which we know of. I think there's way more being suppressed by the Vatican. Now, there's that. There is the ancient literature that describes, again, some type of soul uh, cycle reincarnation, if you will. Now, that's looking back. If we look forward, 
we can see, for example, people like John Lear. We can see people like John Ramirez, ex-CIA, people like Christopher Mellon, ex-intelligent, um, uh, I think DIA. Um, we could look at Lou Elizondo. Uh, they are all not stating, but implying. Now, again, I want to be very clear here. Some people might say, oh, Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon, these are government guys. Once a spy, always a spy. And I say, very possible, very possible. But what we have is essentially them now openly discussing things like magic. Now, this is when it gets interesting. Magic versus science. Lou Elizondo recently said, he goes, think about magic like this, like a pyramid. You have magic on one side and science on the other. And as they both meet and walk up that pyramid, hypothetically, they meet in the center where they merge. One without the other is impossible. Now, for example, there are loads and loads of pyramids that have recently been built on the surface of Area 51. Why, if in my humble opinion, that's not proof. That is to suggest, however, that there was some type of sacred geometrical knowledge that we did not have or we do not have currently. Now, if we look back at ancient Egypt, what we're going to see there is that we're going to see um, and also other parts of the world, uh, statues of lizards, reptilians, humanoid ones, though, not ones like that crawl and whatever standing up ones, you name it. And every single pyramid Con, uh, directly points to the Orion constellation. Now, I say this, I'm going to bring this full circle. In 1954, President Eisenhower allegedly signed a treaty called the Griotta Treaty, which was with a handful of gray aliens. This is documented from over 400 military veterans, Don Phillips, ex-Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, CIA Air Force, Lieutenant uh, Colonel Philip Corso, Staff Sergeant Clifford Stone. These are all individuals with all their credentials that have come forward that have been willing to Boyd Bushman, Lockheed Martin, all of his patents on anti-gravity are there. And they all say the same thing. These are all individuals from different time periods over the past 80, 90 years. And they all say the exact same thing with respect to this soul trapper cycle. Now, they tend to refrain from saying these things because imagine if I just hopped on the show, guys, and I said, yep, you know, um, it's possible reptilians are running the world and they got us in a hologram type matrix and there's a soul trap and fuck it. It's going to sound ridiculous. People are going to laugh. But if you listen to the long form conversations or even read the transcripts of the interviews that these people have done, some many of them passed away now, but they did it in the early to mid 2000s which quantum physics is now proving, which we see, just go to phys.org, go to uh, Scientific America. All of a sudden, there's been more information and discoveries in the last three weeks in science than there has been uh, in the last 20 years with respects to physics. So I say this because when President Eisenhower allegedly signed this deal, there's loads of documents, Majestic 12 documents. Some say are fake, some say are real. There's photographs of Eisenhower signing these deals with these beings. I have these photographs, some of them. Um, there's also alleged footage. I've yet to find it. Now, if we take this, now I'm not saying this as if it's fact, because Anthony, you make a great point. I can't stand here and say, guys, there is a soul trap. It's definitely there. It's as simple as that. I can't, because then I'd be no different than any, anybody else out there trying to just push their own views onto people right? I'd be no different. What I'm saying is that when you look at the documents, you look at the eyewitness testimony, you look at the, the, the testimony from the credentials of the people that are saying these things, I am led to believe that there is a very likely possibility that, again, there is an apparatus in place that is keeping us suppressed esoterically. Now, again, if you want more of a detailed example, we can say, for example, Don Phillips and Staff Sergeant Clifford Stone. So Don Phillips was former Lockheed Martin, former CIA, Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, sorry, CIA, private contractor and United States Air Force. This guy, he if you listen to his conversation in uh, 
recording interview he did in 2001 was about an hour long. He didn't start speaking about the soul trap or anything esoteric until the latter half of the conversation because he needed to explain the nuts and bolts side of it first in the way that people would understand. You know what I mean? Because if he started it the other way around, it would just seem absolutely ridiculous, right? So we have that. Now, then we have uh, Staff Sergeant Clifford Stone who in 2006 did an interview with Project Camelot, who said very strongly, he goes, yes, a lot of them are reptilian. I've been to what's called the DUMS, the Deep Underground Military Bases. Uh, there's hybrid programs, you name it. Now, the reason I bring this up is because, for example, when we take a look at Admiral Byrd, who was in charge of Operation High Jump, right? He took a, a whole crew with him to Antarctica and then said in his diary, if there's going to be another war, it is going to come from the Poles. Because there's, a, you know, Agartha, that whole underground society, you know, craft coming in and out of uh, the inner earth, if you will. The reason I bring all this up, guys, to bring this full circle to you, Anthony, is that when I look at this, I go, these people were entrusted during World War One, II, during 9-11, Commander Fravor, the Tic Tac video that's very popular these days in the UFO community. These people were, in were entrusted to protect everyday, you know, hardworking people like you and I. They're highly respected in their field and beyond. But the second they start speaking about aliens, they're considered ludicrous and nonsense. Do you see what I'm saying? So we have, again, the former Israeli space defense minister, which why do you even need a space defense minister to be? Anyways, he said, a couple, I think a year or two ago, there's bases on Mars, you know, um, they're underground humans working with, uh, with aliens, you name it. Again, I took, for example, I was able on the dark web to corroborate through looking at the metadata of some footage, allegedly uh, footage of the backside of Mars, backside relative to Earth here. And there's bases on the back, allegedly, as with the moon. So again, my answer is short form. It's the documents. It's some footage. And it's more importantly, it's the military and private contractor and even civilian testimony that that is what not convinces me, but leans me in the direction of this being possible. And if I could say one final thing in 2001, the national press club event, which was held by hosted and put together by Stephen Greer. I'm personally not a fan of him, um, but I do have to give him credit where it's due. I believe in a lot of his, you know, principle core principles, right? Um, he had initially, he, when there was, he held this press conference with over 500 military veterans that said they're willing to testify to Congress that the CNN feed, the Fox News feed, the NBC feed, it was all hacked. And when I say hacked, I mean, it was, they couldn't broadcast it. They thought they were live. They weren't. So no one ever saw the footage. Now it's on YouTube and it's on, you know, it's all there. It's on the dark web, you name it. But ultimately some, a reporter asked one person who came up, a person who used to work for NASA and said, yes. There's some type of energetic trap, if you will. In addition to that, there is a, um, what's the term? There is a secret satellite up in space that whenever NASA's rovers take pictures of the earth, it is go, it goes through that satellite before it goes back to NASA's database. A reporter asked that NASA individual. So you're saying in this 2001, you're saying there's a secret satellite up there that scrubs all the thousands of images that NASA's rovers take of the earth and the moon and Mars and Venus and Saturn. And that person goes, yep. And then you could hear the crowd. They didn't believe it. They're like, I'm not sure. So my point being is that, but if you say that now, people would be like, hell yeah, fuck yeah. That's nothing. A satellite in space that goes, it's a, you know, a, a secret satellite that runs through. They scrub all the shit off. Hell yeah. So my point is, is that you see how uh, it sounded crazy 20 years ago, but now it doesn't. So when I look at things like that, I go, okay, th there's something here. Not saying I'm right. I'm not trying to be right. I'm saying that we need to look at the data points 
and see where's the consistency because I'm sure there's disinformation in there. I'm really sure, but we got to look for there the always is. Yes. Yeah. So sorry for the long answer, Anthony, but I hope that, uh, and if you guys want, I can send the documents. I can send the, the transcripts. Uh, and I'm not saying that in a way of like, Oh, like, uh, arrogantly, I'm saying that in a way of, I'd love for you guys to check them out and decide yeah. and decide for yourself. I would them. love to see them. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I can send you low. I'd have to send multiple emails just because there's so much footage, uh, photos, documents. And my point is, I'm not saying here's the proof. I'm saying here's the evidence because yeah, yeah. you see what I'm saying? I'm not trying to tell you guys how or what to think. I'm just trying to, you know, do my best to point out the data points that I see. Yeah. I mean, dude, I absolutely find this all fascinating and I'm, I'm behind in the ufology stuff. So I'm more than happy to definitely go through that stuff. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, I got some, <laughs> uh, man, I got for sure. some schooling I, to do. I don't mean to take up uh, just uh, 30 more seconds here in terms of ending this, this question off, but uh, there's a gentleman who's recently come forward, former CIA, uh, John Ramirez. And he said back in 2007 or eight, he attended a conference, I believe. Um, I, I think that was the year where the CIA said they knew that a lot of humans were hybrids um, and they knew that there were some aliens that injected altered DNA into humans all the way back to the from the Atlantean era. And they were tracing the DNA up until today. Now, I thought Atlantis didn't exist. Now, at the same time, if assuming it's true, we also have to think, hold on, this guy's former CIA. Once a spy, always a spy. So, I mean, I mean that mentality too. So I'm not. CIA is the worst. Right, well, and, and yes. And to be fair, at the same time, let me just say very quickly that. Uh, I, I want to be very fair and consistent here because this is why I play devil's advocate a lot. A lot of people will say, hold on, I don't believe it unless the government tells me. But then if the government tells them something and confirms it for them, then they go, ah, the government's liars anyways. So where do you win? And I apply that. I, people, I, I encourage people to call me out. They say, Dave, how could you believe, uh, you know, Lua Elizondo when it suits you here, but not there? And I say, you know what? Shit, you're right. So uh, this is what I try and work towards. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we all have our own worldview and we all have our own, like, uh, our own pre-described yeah. notions and what we want to see, you know, right, and, and right. I get it. And like, and we are digging through misinformation. And so you're going to find little diamonds in the rough. So, I mean, yep. we are going to have to pick the pearls out of the poop. Oh, to say, so. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, yeah. Uh, like, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Oh, no, you're good, man. Um, I mean, what, sorry, one needle in the haystack, Ronald Reagan. There's a diary where he wrote in the 80s back in the, when he was visited by astronauts and CIA agents in the White House. Uh, he, there's even a transcript on it. But in his diary, he goes, I just learned that. And by the way, the president doesn't know everything, in my opinion. But I, he goes, I just learned that we can man. We have 300 people in space right now. When did we have 300 people in space? I think the most that we ever had at any point on the International Space Station was seven. Where's this 300? So, again, th that's what I look for. And then you see, for yeah. example, Anthony, you see those cigar craft. That would be the type of craft to fit 300 people. So Yeah, for sure. But, sorry, Nathan. Sorry, man. Oh, you're good, man. I, go nuts. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so, I mean, I just have so many fucking questions for you. We're definitely just going to have to have you back. I, I, have, I have questions for you. Like, uh, what I see the elite in society doing is like this um, – they are on this, where is it here? They're on a quest for immortality, yep, right? I agree. And uh, it's like they are trying to sacrifice natural humans. And it's this new tr like transhuman movement. Right. And where do the aliens 
get involved in this, so, in this transhumanism. Okay, to sum it up, uh, in my humble perspective, they're pushing a particular faction is pushing the transhumanism. So, when we, first off, let me just say this goes back to the 1954 Griotta Treaty that President Eisenhower signed with these Greys. Now, these Grey aliens were allegedly probes or artificial intelligences. Not all of them are, but these in this particular case allegedly were, and they represented the Orion Dracos, the reptilian human shape-shifting beings, so to speak. Now, where does this fit into play? Apparently, these Dracos, these Alpha Draconians, there is a difference. These um, e these certain greys, they could not have a soul like us, a soul matrix, a soul complex. And they're striving for that. And they're trying to use artificial intelligence to gain that type of sentience, that type of AI. Now, that's the ET side. And, and the reason I say that's the ET side is because there's a human angle to this too. When we say the elites, I want to be very clear. In my humble perspective, I don't view them all as one big group of, you know, there's 30 of them. They meet every Friday in a dark room and they go, ha ha ha. They rub their hands. I think there's been some cases of that. Don't get me wrong. But I, at the same time, I view the elites in my humble perspective, sort of like I view mafia families, the five families in New yeah. York, so to speak. They all have the same overarching goal. But their short-term goals are a little bit different. So, for example, when Bill Gates got ripped in the media a few months ago for his connections with Epstein or two months back, for me, I look at that and I think to myself, who in the back, which faction is trying to oust him and his crew? Do you see what I'm saying here? I'm not trying to apply mm -hmm. a gang. I'm not trying to apply a gang uh, apply a gangster mentality, but I'm seeing the more and more I delve into this politics, crime, organized crime, it's all one and the same. Uh, well, I mean, brother, you're talking to libertarian <laughs> anarchists, here. right? Right. And so I, we look at government as all mafias, right? So I mean, that's I, the way we see it. <laughs> I could, I mean, to be honest, I can, I can connect. I don't mean to go off topic here, but I can do go as far as connecting some of Epstein's work with extraterrestrial stuff. Not saying Epstein knew about aliens. But I'm saying that, again, these programs work in a way that sometimes these people, these elites, don't know what they're even working on. Do you see what I'm saying? It's all different parts of a puzzle. So I'll say, hey, Nathan, go um, work on this this part of a – say I, I want you guys, both of you, to build a USB for me. But I don't want you guys to know you're building a USB stick. What I'll do is I'll say, for example, I'll take the top part out just this top part here and I'll give it to Nathan. I'll go, Hey, listen, I need you to make this into a smaller version. You'll be like, what the fuck is this? But you'll be like, you won't ask questions. Cause I'm paying you a hundred grand a year flat. You're like, sure. I'll figure it out. And then I'll give another piece to Anthony and you guys won't talk because you sign NDAs and you don't, we work in different rooms, maybe different buildings. We don't know each other. Yeah. Right. Different parts of the world. And I'll be like, Hey, Anth, brother, give me uh, uh, this this black part of the this black part here. I'll take this off the USB. You won't know it came from a USB, and I'll say, listen, make it bigger for me, make it smaller, make it this shape. You see what I'm saying? And then you guys, both you have six months, get back to me. And then when you bring your piece, I bring my piece. I put it together. So you guys never knew what you even worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, they have to do that. Yeah, they have to do that right. to, to maintain right. the secrets. Because otherwise, I mean, people they, will talk. Yeah, they it's... muddy. They're such, in my opinion, they're such gangsters. They muddy with the with the words. They muddy with the law. They muddy. It's just, it's all fancy talk. Like one more thing, if I could say, Carl Sagan before he died, he went to NORAD, the oh, responsible for overseeing North America, you know, airspace and all that. He goes, I'd like to see everything you have on UFOs, and the person there goes, we we don't have we don't have jack all f fuck all we don't have nothing. Carl Sagan goes. The fuck are you talking about? People call me all the time, Mr. Sagan. I, I had this experience. You're telling me all these tens of thousands of people that call me are lying. They go, sir, we don't call them UFOs. We call them UCT, unidentified correlating targets. 
couple different reasons. It's a typical sleight of hand intelligence play. Keep changing the names. Why? Because if you and me, the average person, want to file a freaking FOIA request, the Freedom of Information uh -huh. Act, we won't know what to type the keywords. You see what I'm saying? So then Carl Sagan, going back to that, he says to the, the officer there, the military officer, well, how many UCTs do you get, say, every month or every week? I, if I'm not mistaken, the officer said something like, oh, we get about 10,000 a week, but we're told by the CIA to ignore it. Just like that. Just like that. These 10,000 unidentified things in the, in the airspace and NORAD's responsible for protecting the freaking airspace. And you're told to ignore, like, on average, about 10,000 a week. Holy Christ. I mean, that's fascinating, man. And I, I really wonder, and maybe that's honestly why. Uh, we keep getting closer and closer to disclosure is because like humans in general have never been more connected, at least yes. being able to communicate with each other. And so if there's 10,000 a week, there's people seeing something new for the first time. And they're like, I'm alone. Am I alone? Like I just saw something that I can't explain. And we talk about these experiences online and all of a sudden we're like, yeah, no, I've seen it. No, I've seen it. Like all three of us have seen, have had that experience Yeah, and we can talk about something like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it starts to be part of the, you know, you know, <laughs> Yeah. It's out there. It's I mean, in the ether. If, if I could say and to, they uh, can't hide it anymore. Yeah. Right? yeah. No, no. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I just wanted to say that to sort of uh, I guess this is an answer to a few different of your guys questions. But if we talk about evidence to prove this or what have you, uh, Dr. Herman Oberth, who was the mentor to Warner von Braun, Nazi scientist, you know, he uh, rocket five, the, um, the Saturn five rockets, excuse me, um, you know, Operation Paperclip. Uh, that, I get a funny story about Von Braun later. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. Von uh, Von Braun, interestingly enough, uh, again, he was mentored by Dr. Herman Oberth. Again, all these people, hardcore Nazis, you name it, but Operation Paperclip brought them over, the whole thing. And um, Dr. Herman Oberth, Oberth said, and I quote, we cannot attribute, and you can look this up, we cannot attribute all of the advancements in rocketry and propulsion to ourselves. We have been helped by the people of other worlds, end quote. I mean, at that point, like, again, this is what I'm saying. These people, they've, they've served under Hitler. Not that that's a good thing at all. But then they came over here. They did a bunch. They, they ran the NASA program. Mm -hmm. They were put in charge of banking. They were put in charge of finance, economics. And all of a sudden, they, they start started NASA. Right. They wouldn't they, have had NASA without Yes, <laughs> right. And then they start talking aliens. And then all of a sudden, they're considered crazy. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. I mean, yeah, it, it's simply... The, the question is, uh, what are, yeah, it goes back real far, but it, it, it's so fun and interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. I'll, I'll throw out that little quick story. I want to give a shout out to uh, my buddy, um, Adam, over at uh, Deborah Got Red Pilled. Have you heard Have you heard of that show? It's a great show. Oh, Deborah, Deborah Got Red Pilled. I'm in, uh, the yeah. <laughs> I'm in the Telegram group. Yeah, that, great guys. We're talking yeah. to them, I think, next Friday. Is that what we're doing, Tony? That's what you told me, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, but I was... I was doing a similar thing with my mom because I was, I was trying to explain to her about uh, Operation Paperclip and, right. and I was trying to tell her about how NASA was basically started by Nazis. And my grandfather was, uh, was a rocket scientist. He was, uh, and he was part of the guys making missiles, making all this kind of crazy shit. And uh, she was telling me, she was like, there's no way there's not, that's not possible. They wouldn't do that. And she goes, and uh, Werner von Braun actually came to her school when she was a little kid and, and talked to her because, uh, because I can't remember what little shitty town they lived in. It, this is in California, uh, right in the rocket. Um, anyway. So, 
and then I had to explain to her, I was like, you know that Werner von Braun was a fucking SS officer. And then oh it, my it, like, gosh. Like totally ruined her childhood. Oh just God. shattered. I was like, Oh man, <laughs> that's incredible. That von Mega Braun, red pill. <laughs> that's, I mean, see, that's, you see what I'm saying? Exactly. It's, it's things like that. I mean, even like you said about the internet, us being more interconnected, I would dare to say we, I would dare to say these beings, I, I'm going to be, careful saying this i don't mean to be overly vague i'd say they gave us the internet in one aspect or another i think they've given us Mm. i'm not trying to say that humans can't invent stuff we're super smart i'm not trying to discredit humanity but at the same time i would also say that i think we've had apparatuses or mechanisms or networks like the internet before like say uh, if you believe in what they say as uh, occurred in atlantis as plato referred to in atlantis which again the timing of all that is syncs up with certain um literatures and modern documents as well but they apparently had acoustic levitation free energy um that whole aspect there so when we see things right now like the metaverse transhumanism with facebook you know this whole concept i believe there is a right way and a wrong way to go about it and this is my opinion with respects to i think this artificial intelligence push is not necessarily a good sign i I don't think ai is bad per se i think for example there have been instances where uh, children in south africa in australia have been visited by ufos hundreds of them telepathically talked to um and they were told you need to let go of certain technologies um and, and we we know this because these all these hundreds of children have been gathered together in the last handful of years i think last three four years and they all recall the same experiences all identically and people would say well why do you tell children and not the world leaders I think because world leaders are not going to listen, they've already uh, been influenced by that treaty signed with in 1954, and then later it left the establishment of NATO, which was an overall. I think you sell your soul to get to those levels of government. I agree. Yeah, yeah I, 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 think, absolutely, I yeah. think that you're you're gone. Whatever humanity. You well, have. Eisenhower apparently didn't like. It was regretted signing that treaty. He wasn't happy. Yeah. He was like, "Fuck, I made a mistake." Um, and the reason is because he had met with other ET beings that were more human looking. Uh, keep in mind, a lot of them could be deceitful, though. Uh, but the human uh, looking one said, we want to give you free energy and you, uh, your technology is moving too quickly, quickly for your spiritual uh, compared to your spiritual evolution. It's your spiritual evolution has stagnated or even reversed rather. And yeah, Eisen- I could see that. <laughs> yeah. And Eisenhower, Nixon, uh, Truman, all those guys, they they basically said we don't want free energy because think about what would happen if they came out with the anti-gravity free energy tachyon tech, this this whole electric universe that Nikola Tesla spoke on. Why? W- what would that cause? Big Pharma out the window because that tech apparently, according to Don Phillips um, back in 2001, Again, former Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, Air Force, CIA, he goes, we have devices that can, like in Star Trek, that can scan, diagnose, and cure, not treat, cure in seconds in a handheld device. And then the interviewer goes, how do you know this? He goes, I founded the organization. He goes, I'm the one. He goes, I, and he provided the documents and all that stuff. And then he said, he goes, the problem is big pharma, big oil, the FDA, all of that's going to go out the window. So think about if very quickly, if if you and I could fly to Zeta Reticuli, X amount of light years away from here and be back within 10 minutes, this these bills that we have that have to pay, money means nothing. The, the social hierarchy and power structure collapses because if you have free energy, you can now grow food in your backyard. You can now power your house without needing to pay bills. And what's money? We give value to money. It's just, it's, it's just a piece of paper that it's a social contract yeah. we've all agreed to abide by. 
globally. Yeah. Right. And so take that away. What happens when you can cure cancer? You can make your own food, make your own water, power your own house. You don't need the government. We'll see. That's what. Yeah, exactly. That's what the government fears. And then the, the most big oil guys. Like you, you're talking yeah. to libertarian anarchists here, so right. it's like self sufficiency, being able to, you know, yeah, sounds horrible. Self- sounds absolutely horrible. Oil, <laughs> I, <laughs> oil. I mean, the value of oil would would devalue within not overnight, within a second. Within a second, yeah. I mean, who was that guy in the mid to late nineties? He in his garage, he was able to turn water into gas, and he had a meeting with some Europe, right, with some European uh, oil executives, which he didn't. They were very mysterious and shady. They met with him at a cafe. They spiked his drink. He died. So see and th- say not not to go on a libertarian fucking rant again, <laughs> but like as far as like being against like uh, IP internet. Uh, uh, intellectual property and things like that. That's really where they choke people off. Really. It's like those patents and those different yep. things. As soon as somebody comes close to any of those technologies and they file for a patent, a red light, you know, a red flag shoots up and they shut that shit down with yep. a quickness, you know, and it's, it's Brother, really uh, terrible. <laughs> the, the, the military industrial complex, the military uh, media complex, the uh, big pharma guys, it's all the same five, six, I don't want to say individuals, but factions of individuals yeah. at, the, at the top that are acting as a sort of like, again, with science and, and all of that. If someone comes up with anti-gravity, some student or whatever, his invention gets bought out by some shady dummy company based out of Switzerland and then immediately right away. So for people to say, I'm not saying there's one grand conspiracy going on because there have been leaks. But the thing is, is that to say to say that there is not some type of loose apparatus that is what Eric Weinstein, uh, in my humble opinion, intelligently coined the disc theory, distributive idea suppression complex. I would I would say you don't have to be a tinfoil hack guy to to believe in conspiracy. Yeah, brother, I, I totally yeah. agree that it's like old families that have been in charge that have taken control yep. that have like uh, they've consolidated power and now they don't want any newcomers. You know, it's that it's that old money versus new money. It's yep. that blue blood versus you know red blood, and uh, yeah, they will absolutely do anything to keep you out. You yeah, know? and it, it just it's it is funny when you when you look up any of the billionaires, you know, or any of these elite people, you can you if you do the research, you can trace you can trace them back, man. Like yep. they have like connections, they have ties, they just you know it's just and they intermarry. I mean, it, it like even uh, Meghan Markle is cousins with uh, her husband yes. uh, <laughs> with Harry. You know, it's 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 funny. It's like. Uh, Barack Obama is related to uh, the Bush family. Yeah, you know, they're they're all tied. It's it's just and it's the same with organized crime. In a lot of cases, they try to with the intelligence communities. They try to keep it in the family. You name it. So yeah, why wouldn't it be th- now? In my opinion, if Maybe I could just those bloodlines, right? And this is the thing, <laughs> exactly. And this is the thing. Now, a lot of people. This is, I would dare to say. That if I'm someone that is supremely superior to a particular species and they don't even know I'm so more much more advanced, they don't even know that I'm watching them, so to speak. If we think of that for a second, what would I do 
to suppress them. I would not come and invade right away like kinetic shoot em, uh, shooting uh, warfare type thing and enslave everybody, although I think that's been tried in, in past cycles of humanity, in my opinion. Yeah, what I, I think they get the yeah. most resistance that way. Correct. And they've gotten smarter. Much, much yeah, smarter. And, and ultimately, again, if time is not a thing for them, that's a bit of a different discussion. But again, I, I, time is a construct, a mental construct. But how would you do it in the sense of suppressing them? You would make a, a set up a system in place to this inferior species, this much weaker species than you, that it would sound so ridiculous that whatever you're doing to their species, when they when someone tries to explain it to others, to their 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 compatriots, they would say, You're absolutely crazy. You get out, get the hell out of here. And that's exactly you put it in front of someone's face, whether it's the movies, whether it's you name it, the you know, the black goo, the the different things uh, of of cover-ups and suppression. You put it in front of everyone's face. And then you go, uh, you, you, th it's as simple as that. You just leave it at that. And then people yeah. will leave and then just go, there's no way. I just saw that in a movie. I mean, look at, look at Godzilla versus King Kong operation high jump. Uh, original stock footage from Admiral bird was in the intro credits in the beginning. A lot of people don't know that or didn't notice that rather, excuse me, but the, the, the subconscious that, that sort of, um, what's the word that esoteric intention is is there whether you want to call it prayer whether you want to call it um uh you know uh, pre uh, uh what's it called um uh, ether whatever you want to call it it, 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 it it's the same concept in my humble opinion different variations it's not one simple form of energy multiple layers it's a very complex universe but that's why i use the term beautifully complex hell yeah well brother i want to be respectful of your time we are rounded on an hour here uh, we are going to have to have you back. Uh, Brother, I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you so much, man. I really do appreciate uh, you You guys having me on, and I'd love to continue this. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like we just scratched a couple of <laughs> yeah, things. Man. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. I get real excited. I, I got to be honest. I get real excited and passionate talking about it, so I'm really happy that you guys are um, – you guys are so open to this. Honestly, it's the, the, I got to say the vibe I'm getting from you. It's incredible. I wouldn't want to like say, I'd want to come back if I didn't have a great time. So thank you. <laughs> all right, brother. Nice well, take care, thank man. you so much. Thank you. And uh, yeah. All right.